Did you know that all modern scent hounds are descendant of the bloodhound? Or that the chihuahua's ancestor, the Tashiji dog, dates back to the Aztecs? Or that a border collie named Chaser knows 1,000 words? You know, the pit bull used to be considered America's dog and was our country's symbol in World War I. Did you know that you could learn all of these facts and more about dogs if you listen to our podcast, We're Getting a Dog? Each week, we go over a different breed's history and what it takes to own it. And we talk a little bit about why we love the breed and try to present each dog in a fair light. You can listen to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you stream podcasts. From the Arcadia Podcast Network. Hi there, listener. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. Just so you know, this show contains explicit language and some possible adult themes. Listeners under 13 or anyone who could be offended by the subject matter are given caution. Hello, I'm Wesley Van Hoosen, and this is Good Food for Bad Friends. On this podcast, I'll have a different guest every week to talk about their history with food. Along with each episode, you can find recipes inspired by the featured guest on our website, goodfoodbadfriends.com. If there was any one person that I was always thrilled to see growing up, it was my Aunt Dina. She's my mother's younger sister and only sibling, and is only a year behind my mom in age. However, my aunt is much more the cook than my mother is. She always tells me that she was the one that naturally paid attention to what was happening in the kitchen growing up. That being said, she's an undeniably good cook and loves to make food that strikes the balance between nutritional and relatively good for you with comforting and flavorful. When I think back to my earliest memories of my Aunt Dina, what I recall is always being just so excited to see her. Dina is the more eccentric and less practical counterpart to my mother, who embodies sensibility. She cooked different foods, always had a new hairstyle, and was quicker to wholehearted laughter than my mother was. As soon as her and my uncle would show up, whether to a birthday, the Super Bowl, or just a general get-together, the party would definitely pick up. Simply speaking, Dina was the fun aunt growing up. Seeing her was always a cherished time. While I was in college, I despised having to do laundry at either the coin-operated campus laundromat or our fraternity's hand-me-down washing machines that were constantly leaking or breaking down. So I started doing laundry at my aunt and uncle's house, which wasn't very far. Doing laundry over there usually meant I'd also get a meal, too, that was home-cooked and probably better for me than what I usually ate in my room at school. This was when I learned how good of a cook Dina actually is. Her husband, my Uncle Jeff, is an amazing cook as well. He built his own smoker at one point and used it to make anything from smoked meats to salts and seasonings. Thinking back, there was never a time where there wasn't something delicious either in the fridge or on the stove at their house. One thing, though, that always used to crack me up was that any time Dina made something she was just experimenting with, she would often ask Jeff if it would, quote, go on the menu. Usually, she would get a yes, at least any time I was over there. Dina and I have always been very close, and my bond with her has evolved through my years into one where we love to get together and confer over good food and good conversation. During this conversation in particular, we spent some time talking about my late grandmother, Tsumako. 
As I've grown older, I've gotten more and more curious of the grandmother I never got to meet. I always ask Dina and my mom for their memories of my grandmother, who they lost to cancer in 1981. As I get older, I find that I wish more and more I could have known her. Dina's details and memories, combined with my mother's, have become the illustration of someone who, for me, has only existed in words. I recorded this interview with Dina the same day I recorded my mother's interview, so that would be back in September of 2020. Dina's is also the last episode of the immediate family members I have that are actually related to me. We'll have all kinds of people on the show coming up. Ladles and Jelly Spoons, I'm very pleased to introduce my next guest on this podcast. Please welcome my aunt, Dina Hahn. Dina was like my favorite person growing up. Like <laughs> I knew when she was over at our house because I could smell her perfume and I was like, oh shit, Dina's here. Like, And also you cooked a ton. Like, and I think it wasn't, I wasn't until I was a teenager, I realized like, wow, Dina really cooks a lot. Like... <laughs> Um, but so f Dean is my mom's younger sister and, um, only by a year. So you two are basically like same. Almost same. Irish twins. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So the first thing I ask everyone on this show is what is your first vivid memory of food? Okay. So, um, just thinking about this and I just kind of wanted something to just whatever my first pops up memory pops up in my brain so sure. so I have this very vivid memory and it and it feels like most of my memories revolve around food but this one in particular I think I was probably about three or four years old I think I was probably four okay and um I was with my sister and my mom and we were in Okinawa and I recall like approaching this restaurant because there it was like glass storefront and they actually had plastic pieces of food that looked like, oh, like prop food, prop food, exactly of, of their menu. And so I remember seeing that and I I'm I've I think I've always loved food. So mm -hmm. it caught my eye for sure. And I decided to get um this dish called home rice. Okay. And that's basically an omelet surrounded by fried rice. So an omelet Ooh. is like on top of a heap of fried rice and you tuck in the sides. Okay. And then what's unusual but makes the entire dish is you squirt some ketchup on top of it okay and so i mean i recall just like eating that for the first time and just instantly loved loved right. loved it and so very very vivid memory as a child interesting i feel like that is very <laughs> i don't know i always love the stories of the foods you and mom ate growing up because to me it's like Japanese food met American food and it was just literally yeah. what happened happened and yes. that was like you know just the food of that time it, well, there wasn't any fusion yet or no. like any close detail to like scrutinization of the culinary detail of Japanese food yet it was just very simple mm -hmm. what could be on the table and made and was, Definitely. And it was filling too like yes um 
Yes. I love that though. That's I was telling mom my first vivid memory is Papa Browning's roast beef. Oh my gosh, yes. The, like the wall of that oh my God. when you walk into oh, his house. Yes. Like, that was Amazing. that was mine. And um that and fudge from Maisie. She taught oh me my how gosh. to make fudge. So yeah. that was my other one. But yeah. No, I always love I always I always wonder that with people because I always feel food is such a like it's such a strange uh, paradox if it's so necessary, mm-hmm. but the personal relationship is so emotional and yes. remembered. And, yes, you know, it, to me, I always wonder, everyone has that moment of when they remember food. And I feel like sometimes it's it's always so interesting. So a lot of my friends have had like bad memories, too. Uh, like right. the first vivid memory of their food for them was not a good one. Right. Ooh. And, okay. and so that was an interesting take, too, for me when I heard that. But, yeah, I always love to yeah. know just like what really stuck out at first, because I feel like that has such a powerful sway on yeah, everything from there. Because, yes, I don't know. For me, I remember if I ate something I liked as a kid, I would want to build upon it it's like how can i make this better, better? yeah okay. mm-hmm. um yeah yeah for and sure I, you know and i guess as a child we my sister and i were exposed to so many different things mm-hmm. that um i think that's probably one of the reasons why i am so i am not a picky eater at all i will yeah i am willing to try really anything nothing really bothers me unless it's disgustingly stinky or something sure yeah (laughs) or a weird texture but i'm not opposed to trying new things and i love trying new things new foods i feel like i i don't know i didn't mention this with mom and it's interesting but i feel like our family, you know, just being children of immigrants, mm-hmm. you're sort of put in a weird box yes. where all the food around you is weird anyway. Yes. So why not just try it all? Like, that's yes. how I always perceived it. Mm-hmm. Because I know for me, I mean, I, you know, I was definitely imparted with the Asian food yes emphasis. absolutely and i never felt weird trying other foods because it was like well you know i grew up eating what most people didn't eat anyway so mm-hmm. you know what's weird to them is weird to me right so i i think that's kind of just an interesting like um coincidence or like just chance of growing up that that's how the attitude was and you mm-hmm. know it's not kind of the bread and butter common american upbringing oh food. absolutely not because we I think it. What was interesting is because my mother did the majority of the cooking, yeah, which you would think. I was surprised yeah, to learn that, right? Yeah. Knowing that my dad was such an amazing cook, my mother still did most all of the cooking, mm-hmm. and so I think her interpretation of American food comes from having Japanese background, and so it was it was better for right. some reason. Yeah. Everything was just better mm-hmm. because it. It what her food was never bland, and same with my dad. You right, know, and yeah. bland was never allowed in our house. No, <laughs> you and know that if, was a very valuable yes. lesson I learned from a young, like what as a really young cook was mm-hmm. like, you know, salt Flavor. your food, yes. make sure you're using the right amounts of things, spices, yeah, and like I'll admit, I I think me and you as cooks are much more liberal about how we cook. Yes. it's not like how we were taught where no, it's, right. it's 
Mm-hmm. Measure a tablespoon of this. Pour it in. No more. I mean, no. if it's chili, I'm just fucking shaking yeah, it. In. It's I like might, it's not yeah, right yet. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, right. I I think the one thing I always wonder how Papa Browning would feel about me as a cook today. And I think if there would be anything he'd criticize, it's mm-hmm. that because he'd be like, "Why are you not using exact amounts?" I'm like, "Because you just you don't have to with cooking. It's baking yeah, different story. Different, absolutely. But I think that yeah. that's one thing you and I definitely have in common. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, is just a sort of mm-hmm. uh confident freedom in yes the it, yeah making i i always like to take a dish and and just make it better yeah you know just improve it somehow mm-hmm. and that's that's just always what i strive for, for and sure. and i mean yeah a lot of times i bomb too it's like oh my god what did i just yeah, oh, do yeah. and it, it's interesting because i feel like with dylan living with dylan mm-hmm. i don't have the opportunity to bomb as often yeah because he doesn't like the types of foods that you fuck up yeah okay and so he'll he likes foods that's just like veggies and meat okay yeah so it's simple. like that's easy it's yeah. like it's not like a complicated like stuff this that right you know, it's yeah. like pasta sauce and meatballs. Mm-hmm. It's like I can do that in my sleep. Yeah. But yeah. I think it's so funny. It's like yeah. he sort of prevents me from fucking up because yeah. I already have to kind of not tiptoe, but I definitely have to approve the dinners. It's like, will you will you <laughs> like this? <laughs> um, so we were talking, you'd meant already mentioned that your mom did a lot of the cooking growing yeah. up in your house. Was there a common meal growing up in your home that was kind of just stood out to you or I would say it was more so the foods that we didn't eat very often like sushi but when we did it was phenomenal sure so you know it was always exciting the next time she would make it again Mm -hmm. it's but it was usually special occasions when that happened but um loving eating sushi as a child and that was like one thing that I wasn't ever able to share with my friends because they'd immediately be grossed out right I get that yeah and now it's like you there's so many sushi restaurants now Mm -hmm. I mean my mother would have been just I think she just would have couldn't wouldn't believe it yeah and how the popularity of it now. and even i think in just japanese culture mm-hmm. in general has become such an american phenomenon yes and like vice versa yeah. like in japan american, american pop culture is right, the phenomenon right and i think it's such a such an interesting just switch of culture yeah but no I, I i really you know i would have loved to to have someone who was a purist yeah in the kitchen with me yeah because that's one thing i didn't get with with any of the people I learned from. And I know that's what she really, Mm -hmm. like mom talks about like her not showing the ends of the sushi roll. Right. Serve it. She was very much a perfectionist. I I feel like I, I I wonder what my cooking would have, how, you know, it's like theoretically could have evolved to, if I learned that from a young age too. Yes. But I learned that much, much later on from a, a chef friend of mine. And, it was a kind of a rude awakening to have a perfectionist input because yeah. I'm so loosey goosey with food. Usually yeah. to me, if like, if it tastes good, it tastes good, but you know, and I, I don't recall like her ever teaching me one on one. I feel more so I just paid attention to it. It was like imparted yeah. onto you. That's that, 
that's more of my memory of sure. cooking with her is, yeah. is like just taking on that responsibility, like the rice making every day, you know, that was like a huge thing. And mm -hmm. just taking on that responsibility to do it, she would just allow you to do it, mm -hmm. you know, but if you fucked it up, you definitely are going to be told why sure. yeah. or what you did, you know, which yeah, was helpful. And I know how to swish, push to clean it. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, it's so <laughs> funny. Times. I, I was telling mom, I found my way of cleaning rice and I yeah. put it in like a flour sieve and I just run water on it until the water <laughs> runs clear. No, no, no. And I'm like, that's how no. I do it. And I know my grandmother's probably rolling in her no. grave, but or I'm sure my mother is somewhere having a headache. Like I'm like psychologically affecting her somewhere, but yeah, no, I, I totally get that. And it's so funny cause I grew up, you know, with Papa Browning's influence, which was so much more of the, like it was a show. Yes. Food was a show. Yes. And I still, there mm -hmm. has to be spectacle with food for me now. It was so important to him. Oh yeah. To, to impress I mean, when we had, I just, yeah, every Christmas dinner was a spectacular yeah. event. And I remember oh, yeah. this like huge pork uh, crown roast he did. Oh and my it, God. Yes. And with and he, every little, you know, bone had to have it a was little stripped and it was had a yeah. hat on it you know and it was like <laughs> oh my god it was so over the top but man he he was just so proud and i think that's what you saw like when my dad mm -hmm. cooked he was proud of well, what he did you know and his advice to me i still it works to this day granted he always said you'll always catch a woman if you learn how to cook from me <laughs> And granted, I've I've caught many women with my food, but That's funny. when I go on a second date, I cook for them because yeah. I I to and it's totally because of Papa Brown because I'm yeah. like he promised me mm -hmm. that his cooking would get me laid no but <laughs> no but it's so funny because that's what I do if I'm on a that's what I did for Dylan on our second date I cooked chicken noodle soup for him and he mm. was in so <laughs> but See? but yeah it was totally the dramatics but it, he had mm -hmm. the food was so good it was backed up it wasn't yeah, yeah just, absolutely it yeah, was kind absolutely. of almost the opposite for Maisie sometimes which it would mm -hmm. be the show but the food would be like oh yum yeah yeah <laughs> what, what what did you just make what is that my dad would be like just eat it like, oh my god <laughs> just eat it i'll buy you mcdonald's after just i remember many a time dad would be like i'll just we'll go to the drive-thru just just get a couple bites in <laughs> you know that that was like when i would um eat dinners at my best friend's house down the street if i wanted to eat more like I, 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 it's not really ghetto, but it's different. Just it like, it's like super, super, super American. Yeah. Just like, like, I mean, when they sat down and made spaghetti and I made spaghetti in our house, that was one of the dishes that I was required to make. Right. So when I ate spaghetti at their house, it was like cans, canned sauce and hamburger and that's mm -hmm. it. And then... When they served it, 
I'm, I kid you not, they would have one of the big butter buckets, you know, the fake butter. Country crock. Yes. And they would <laughs> not sponsored. pile that on top of their. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's like. Yes. OK. You know, I get that. That's how they served it to us in school. Oh, they God. would serve with spaghetti butter? with meat sauce topped with a pat of butter. Butter. Oh my God. It was most likely margarine. Like it, was it wasn't so it's like chemical yellow that, margarine. That oh that always blew me away. That always blew me away. But <laughs> I loved eating there too because they often had things that I never ate at home. Like it was like the first time I had poor man's shepherd's pie but it was amazing and i right i just loved it and i would never have that at my house you know my mom would never make something like that sure so it was fun you know it's funny i had the opposite effect i found that my friend's parents made healthier food than what my parents right i go to my friends and be like yeah what are what's this and they were like oh it's like beans and rice with veggies and (laughs) corn i remember i literally one time it was i went to a friend's house and i totally insulted his parents by not eating their food i just didn't know any better yeah because i'm used to eating like you know hamburger helper tuna tetrazzini (laughs) loaf loaf any kind uh, but uh, you know i think i'm glad as an adult and i've since i apologize to them as an adult i'm like i'm very sorry i just really didn't know any better (laughs) And what's funny is that I have the recipe for what they made for me that night and I whip it out at parties now. And it's super fucking good. It's like an enchilada casserole. It's so good. Yeah. But I was just like, I don't know what that I'm it was this frozen. Like you know, know, God bless my parents for cooking and having two full time, you know, full time jobs in a business. But it was kind of funny if my friends would actually have healthier food half the time. But um my friends just always had different food, different, yeah, different totally sure. different. Like my parents would never, ever buy white bread. Really? Yes. That explains. Never, you know, ever white bread. My, my dad, dad would, but I think there was like that big health conscious shift yeah. in my childhood where everyone was like, stop buying white bread by, you know, wheat, the 12 grain it was wheat, Roman, Roman meal is the was the bread that we had to grow up yeah roman meal i'm gonna look that up i've Do. never heard it's like of that. it was always in like an orange cellophane wrapper i remember that and i hated it hated did it, it come out of the freezer section or was no, it just in the that bread aisle was a, yeah type of bread and we never ever were allowed to have sugared cereal ever you know what? What's really funny is that I broke him of that when I was a kid. I made him try Reese's Puffs yeah. and Papa Brown and got addicted to them. Jeez. That was, it was me. That I, I totally broke him of it. Lynn and I, <laughs> we we grew up on Raisin Bran. Oh, I love Raisin Bran, no, though. I can't do it Mom anymore. Mom used to buy me Raisin I Bran. I can't. The, it was stuff like that. And so when I would be at a friend's they'd house, have, like, lucky they'd have Pop-Tarts and Ooh. yeah, you know, and yes, sugared cereals. And it's like, what's that? You know? Right, right, and right. Potato chips and stuff. I mean, it was weird. We just didn't. Sure. We didn't have that junk food, I yeah. guess. No, I get it. I get it totally. And I mean, that's not to say that like we had junk food all the time for me growing up, but I definitely remember, you know, you had friends where they had just pantries full of of anything you wanted. And I had a friend who he had 
a an ice cream bar in his house. He lived on the south side of Lincoln, Jeez. which is like the swanky side of town. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he had an ice cream bar. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And I'm like, I can barely convince my parents to buy ice cream. Like, unless it's dad and it's cookies and cream and we settle on that flavor because he'll eat it with me. <laughs> but yeah, no, I get that. My best friend in high school was a very, very rich girl. Mm. Her dad was a cardiologist here in town and they lived nice area, huge house. Like they didn't they didn't even go up on the second floor <laughs> ever. Like the cleaning lady, she cleaned it every week, but they never went up there. They never went up there. And there were like three bedrooms up there, two baths up there, never. And, um, the Lisa was her name. And, and for the very first time, I mean, they were so rich that she would make her own pop. Oh, yeah. wow. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? We don't have to go buy it. And she's like, we'll just make it. And I'm like, what do you? Okay, and so yeah, she had the whole kink the carbonation maker and Coca Cola syrup and Dr Pepper syrup and wow, yeah, and I just was like, wow, I didn't (laughs) know you could do this, yeah. That's great, and it's so crazy too because with like the advent of TikTok and everything now, every celebrity, it's like they have a Seven Eleven inside their house. Oh really? Oh my god. There's one I follow. Her name's Jojo Siwa. She's like a 17 year old mega pop star. Yeah. No one's only like she's like a kid entertainer, but in her house she has like. A whole 7-Eleven. In front oh, of my her. It's God. It's like a slushy machine, an ice cream bar, a nacho bar, and hot, a pretzel machine, like That's a popcorn machine. That's A soda fountain. It's insane. And I'm like, my God. And I remember when I lived in the fraternity, we got uh-huh. a fountain machine. And we were it like, was, this is yeah, high this living. Is awesome. <laughs> yes. Um, the one thing, um, so you say Roman meal was the bread of your house? Yes. I remember So rye. gross. I always had rye bread. Well, yeah. Now, rye would have been the other thing because my dad liked rye See, a I lot. love pumpernickel rye bread yes. because of him. He used yes. to serve me rye bread, mm-hmm. buttered, toasted, buttered mm-hmm. with crunchy peanut butter. Yes. Yes. Oh, man. I but used to love that. When I um, would take piano lessons, my grandma lived right next door to the piano teacher. Oh, nice. And so after my lessons, I would always go to her house and she would always have a fresh baked loaf of wheat bread and homemade grape jam. And I mean, that was like the best, man. the best thing ever and I would get over there and it would just come out of the oven so it would be nice and hot and oh my god it was just (laughs) amazing yeah oh man I yeah I I want to be that kind of a grandparent right I can't make (laughs) bread that is one thing I I can't can't do I just feel like I don't have whatever whatever thing it is yeah there's a magic thing some people just have it and For me, I'm great at cakes. I'm yeah. great at quick breads. Yes. But I, I'd i rather pay a baker to yes. bake bread for me right? than try it on my own. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like it'll just come out better and i'm more i'm i'm yeah. more i'm, I'm ultimately going to want the taste over the method yes absolutely it's it's very tedious oh and, yeah and pate requires a uh, shitload of patience yeah. and maybe that's it i maybe think that's it's the reason. also i think i just don't quite get the science behind it yeah too. i think you kind of have to have some you understanding have to, right 
Because I feel like Miles, my brother is a chemical engineering major. He probably, he probably would get how yeah. it works if he really applied mm-hmm. it himself to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so some other. So the next thing I was going to ask uh, is what was your favorite place to go out to eat when you were a kid? Okay, so um, we actually did not go out to eat very often as a child. So I really don't have a lot of memories. However, when we moved here, Mm -hmm. okay, Lincoln, it was the first time that we were exposed to fast food restaurants. Okay, yeah. And so... Um, as a child, that was my favorite, like going to McDonald's and just getting the burger and stuff or yeah. Taco John's for some reason was oh, another Taco place John's. here that we would go and get tacos and stuff. So those things like really stuck out because we didn't really do that as, as little children. It right. wasn't until we moved here and really it was our cousins that probably exposed us more to the fast food for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, that's kind of my memory growing up too. It's uh, I never really remember going to sit down. No. It was always, you know, McDonald's. Yeah. Or uh I always liked if I it depended on the grandparents I was with. If I was with uh my dad's parents, it was Wendy's. We went to okay. Wendy's all the time uh-huh. because Papa Logan liked Frosties. Oh yes. And, or mm. Dairy Queen. We'd also go to Dairy Queen a lot. Um mm. with it was always Val's Pizza at Papa Browning. Yes, always. Houses. Val's Pizza. Yep, which for sure. Still love. And I think yeah. that's what we're having tonight for dinner. <laughs> I think we're well, getting Val's. I, <laughs> you know, and I think that was probably a memory as a child as we'd go to the Valentino's at 70th to the buffet when it wasn't as crazy as it is now it was yeah. nothing like that it was very simple but I, I, I remember, remember the that. old I used to go to the one that was on 27th and Highway 2 it's, yeah, yeah, that right. was the one Bishop I went Heights. to. And yeah. then in college, the, the one on Holdridge was still open. Yeah. And we used to go there. But oh, that's like that's like a thing of a bygone era buffets. I feel like Total, that's not oh, really, yeah, we that are doesn't not happen gonna, anymore. Right. It, and especially yeah. after this, after yeah, the pandemic. Absolutely. No way. No, I know. It's, it's just sad. The, it, it is sad because I, I loved a good buffet. Yeah. I guess I'll just have to go to Vegas. Vegas. I want a buffet. Yes. <laughs> when totally. Make back all my losings. <laughs> that's what i did when i went the first time my first plate was like piles of smoked salmon and shrimp we I went, was like i'm making my money back <laughs> we found a all you can eat sushi place buffet like they had all yeah. kinds and it was fantastic it was I 45 bet. bucks that's per person nothing. but back then it was a lot this oh, was like sure. we went when jeff and i celebrated our 10-year that was like 2007. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was. It's weird to think yeah. that not even that long ago money was so different. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. But no. yeah. Now, yeah, that's super cheap. And oh my God. It oh, was God. Amazing. The one at the MGM Grand was $36 for the brunch buffet. And I'm like, that's <laughs> nothing. Like, yeah. that literally nothing. is what I won last night <laughs> at the Cherry Blossom Machine. Thank you. <laughs> I only played the slot in Vegas. <laughs> um. So the next thing. Okay, so I am an avid collector of cookbooks, mm-hmm. and I mean I'm a bibliophile yeah. for sure. Um, but I love collecting the kitschy '60s and '70s yes, cookbooks that have love. really weird recipes. Yes. So this is where this question comes from, yeah. and I um, are there any like weird food fads that came from your 
eras, like the 60s, 70s, or 80s. Because, like, you know, we can all, like, the 90s, I feel that was, like, the fat-free decade or everything, you know, the diet decade. But I wonder uh, and what it was like when you were growing up. Yes. Um, it it was more about, like, the start of things. Like, the microwave was invented. And so people wanted to microwave everything and then realized you can't microwave meat. It's disgusting. Yeah, because mom had, like, a microwave cookbook. Yes. And I'm like, yes. why are these a thing? Yes. And, right? Never. Never again. Yeah. No. And the, except if you make those mugs those cup uh cake mugs oh uh, yeah yeah those are good those are good i do mug brownies usually i like the mug brownies they come out super fudgy in the microwave (laughs) they're just good and um drive-thrus was uh, that was the start of drive-thrus Okay, and no. then yeah, drive I wondered when drive throughs came around. Drive throughs yeah. came around in our generation, which God, you know. So that really increased the popularity of fast food, and yeah. then you started seeing different fast foods opening. Sure, like I I remember when Amigos opened, and I remember my mom and my sister and I went there, and like within. I think they just had opened within weeks mm-hmm. and tried it for the first time. And it was amazing. I just had amazing. Amigos yesterday. I do love Amigos. And I didn't know yeah. it was, it, it opened in 1980. Yeah. I didn't open. I thought it opened yes. in like 1960. No. Because like, it's just no. such a, it was it's like, just so known yeah. here, like growing yeah. up. Yeah. And it was so different from Taco John's. That was the only other known mm-hmm. Mexican fast food was Taco John's. It was so different. It just oh, it was so good. I can remember. I totally remember. See, like I, I know Amigos of like my era of Amigos, which is Amigos A and W. Okay. And Amigos King's Classic. Yeah. And I don't, I don't it was even, a combo. I, don't, I think it's just Amigos now. I don't even no, know. Is still, it still King's Classic? Mm-hmm. But I remember Amigos being like that was the staple Mexican drive through yeah. here. Mom really likes Taco Inn. Yes, Taco Inn. I've never God, I've never been a big in. fan of Taco Inn, but Ooh. Amigos was yeah, like Amigos. And it was it's their it's their taco meat. It's their taco meat is just so fucking good. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. they use real cheese on their nachos. And and the other really uh food explosion, I guess, food courts oh. in malls. Sure. That I suppose be- it was that, that became- time. That became a thing in our generation because that's what we did in high school God, for lunch. I, I'm very <laughs> I'm very happy that I lived at a time where I still saw mall culture. Yes. Like going to the mall in middle school yes. was still a thing. And, yes. and, and like, yeah, we were texting by then, but it wasn't mm. like it is now. We no. had literally like brick cell phones. Yeah. And, you know. It just being able to have that one taste mm-hmm. of independence and yeah. freedom yeah. at a mall. And it just doesn't yeah. happen now. We, it's we'd like, go downtown. Oh, like Miller and Payne. Yes. And, the and the, all the big department stores. And a lot of them had their restaurants within them, too. And they were like, like Miller and Payne's was, oh, my God, they did not change a thing from I bet it was still the same from the 50s. Yeah. Serious. The interior of it and the tables and was everything. It called, like the 
the tea tea room the tea room yes yeah. the tea room and it was kind of it was fancier than you know I don't know any other. It, it was. I feel like I when I see pictures of it because yeah. it's not there anymore. No. But when I see pictures, it reminds me a lot of like turn of the century swanky. Like yeah. But it's like the modern interpretation of it. It's yes. like when the fifties rolled around. Yes. It was just dumbed down a little bit. Yeah. It was still kind of frilly and yeah. You yes. Know, uh, I always like it's like furniture you see in like a miniature garden. It's yeah. Like that's the theme. Yeah. <laughs> It was, yes, I remembered, like, I thought it was so cool because around the entire perimeter of the ceiling, it was boxed in and then they had lights embedded. Uh Uh-huh. And so it, you know, lit up the ceiling around the entire restaurant. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. Right, right. Did it have a skylight or was that a different? No. No, that must be somewhere else I'm thinking of then. But memories of that. And my aunt would always take us to that restaurant too at the mall. At the mall. The one at the mall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No, I, that's so funny. Those food courts were like a thing. And it's, yeah. uh, it's so funny to me because food courts are not like, uh, you don't see them in malls half the time. No. And a, I mean, a lot of, places i've been to if there is a food court it's not like real food Mm -hmm. it's like snacky stuff like there's no you can't like go to a chinese place in the mall anymore like it's just like a dunkin donuts and a cinnabon panda Panda. oh panda yeah i suppose our mall still has a lot of that stuff but yeah it's amazing though how many there there aren't very many restaurants in them anymore no and and yeah it makes me question too. After we're out of this pandemic, yeah, it's like how gonna, is how is that culture going to change? Yeah, because you can definitely see that it's been affected. Oh for yeah, sure. And, I mean, it's just so interesting to like, you know, even in my lifetime, those are things that I've done. Uh, we've talked about the kinds of foods that you kind of came across as a teenager and like the mm-hmm. food culture. Then, as an adult, what have you noticed has been the like the new trends coming up, or like what what have you noticed specifically? Or liked too, like as an adult. As an adult, I have really, really focused a lot on vegetables. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I guess I didn't know how much I liked them. Sure. Until really most recently. Mm-hmm. And I really do like the flavor of vegetables. And I, I just didn't enjoy that as a child. Right. And one, one of the... Uh, veggies that or I think it's a fruit um, that I really enjoy as an adult are avocados oh yeah and as a child I absolutely did not like it Hmm. I didn't like the texture of it I didn't I thought it had an odd flavor Mm -hmm. but my aunt she loved avocados and that was the only place I ever had avocados was at her house and yeah, and I never ever liked it, but as an adult, I like avocados a lot. Yeah, I I think it's one of those foods where we sort of come around to them later on. Yeah, I believe so too. Like mushrooms, mm-hmm. but I always liked mushrooms. See, I don't like mushrooms very Still. much at all. Yeah, <laughs> not really. But it's just like for me though, avocados I get because I didn't like guacamole as a kid yeah and me neither and then I once thought it was i was gross. older i was like oh wow this is like uh-huh. really good yeah like, i think it just sort of takes exposure to other foods for you to yeah. accept it and like agreed yeah. and yet 
Um, I had an aunt that lived in Mexico, and yes. she had uh, moved there when she was 17. So she lived the majority of her life in Mexico, Mexico City. And so when she would come to visit, mm-hmm. she oftentimes would cook for everybody. And she she would make Mexican food, but it was never any thing that was familiar here. Sure. I mean, we were used to the Americanized Mexican food. And so when she would cook something that was traditional, we were like, what, what, what is, is this? this? Yeah. <laughs> but it was delicious. It was amazing. And, yeah. and her too took a huge interest in cooking. And I think at one point she even taught cooking in Ooh. Mexico City. I'm pretty sure she taught it. And that was like the thing that she and my dad shared. Right. Was their their cooking ability. And I believe that it all stems from their dad. Yeah. Well, didn't mm-hmm. didn't his family own a restaurant too? Yes, he, like his dad. He did, yeah. Yeah. His dad owned so the my restaurant. Great grandfather. Yes. Okay. Yes. Had a restaurant in Missouri. Browning's place or something yes. like that. Yeah. Yes. Which is it which is funny because it's my namesake too, yeah. because my middle name is Browning and I it's just kind of like the ultimate, you know, not irony, but sort of fate that I carry the food gene in the family yes. and I have the name along yes. with it. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, no, I mean I think that's interesting. I, I do I do remember the first time I had like authentic Mexican food mm-hmm. too, and it was just worlds away. Yeah. From with the text completely you know, worlds stuff away. That we have. Yeah. Yes. Um so I've we've talked a lot about how food cultures evolved throughout mm-hmm. your life. So I'm gonna go ahead, unless you had an answer for that question that you wanted to say, the how has food culture changed throughout your life? I don't know if we might have already covered it. I don't know if we did or not. Because we've uh, talked a lot about it anyway, just like how stuff has come up in your time. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. so the next few questions are really kind of about kind of back to that like family thing and you know, just mm-hmm. people in general. So I think I know the like I, I know <laughs> kind of the answer to this, like how does ethnicity or cultural background influence the food you eat? Mm-hmm. And I mean it's pretty obvious when right. it's us. Like, right. you know, it's obvious we have a heavy Japanese American influence yes. in our culture. Asian American. Very in much so, yes. Yeah. And like does that play a large role in your life now, or has that sort of become a less focused genre of food that you cook like or have you kind of a lot like allowed yourself to go to other places mm-hmm. in the culinary s- scheme I guess yes I mean I don't I don't cook Japanese daily mm-hmm. it certainly is something that um I'll pull flavors from for sure you know like I definitely uh like to cook with soy sauce mm-hmm. you know um and and a lot of the flavors that the simplicity too of Japanese cooking. I don't think people realize how simple. Yeah, it's very very simple foods. It's it's almost like people get overtaken by the beauty of it, not yeah. realizing that the beauty is actually the, the simplicity. simplicity of it. Yeah, yes. And yes. I think too, you know, mm-hmm. TV and pop culture portrays Japanese yes. food one way, but in reality, right. it's a lot of 
they started the farm to table. Yeah, movement. absolutely. Like that yes. is really the core of Japanese food. Yes, and absolutely. So I, I always love, you know, that kind of thing of knowing that you have this bank of mm-hmm. very like nutritious flavor very, heavy you know yes. um and just good food to pull yes. from and use and it's like yeah you can sort of apply it to other cultures too like what are yeah. things that are the same mm-hmm. way right and, um i definitely feel that yeah for mm-hmm. sure um yeah uh so the next question is were there people in your life that made food special for you so like for me it's obviously my grandparents those Mm -hmm. were my idols for food growing up who are those people for you well definitely my father Mm -hmm. definitely he was the one that was the teacher sure like very patient taught me and and you remember papa brownie like you don't you didn't just get the we're gonna we're gonna make a quiche today no you got the history of quiche and so I think that in itself just made it so much more meaningful because it was a huge learning lesson a, of, about the entire yeah, yeah food history to- I kind of forget culture that. Yeah. I mean everything it wasn't just so, you know we're gonna learn to make this today no we're gonna you're gonna learn everything that is about so funny it that you say that because that is such a such like a when I was a kid, I didn't mm-hmm. care. Right. I didn't now give you, a shit. Right. But nowadays, I'm like, fuck, yeah. I wish I would have listened harder. Yeah. But it, I feel like I make up, I read so much about food history yeah. and it totally comes from, mm-hmm. you know, my main influence, our main influence was like encyclopedic yeah. about food. And I totally kind of forgot that. That's so interesting that I kind of vaguely remember. Yeah. For me, it was always like, He'd talk about the ingredients. Yes. So he would explain to me what bell peppers were. Right. And how they're not and, spicy. And right. how, you know, um, he would talk about uh the method of making like pasta sauce. Yes. Like, and how and I remember it always being kind of intimidated. Were you ever intimidated by that? No, or, not I kind of was at first. I not think. at all. And the thing with what I think what my dad definitely taught me most is don't be afraid of the ingredients. Don't be afraid of seasoning. And so I think that's where I am. I'm not afraid to try different seasonings and got that more uh, knowledge about what seasonings go together or enhances Mm -hmm. each other. That all came from my dad. I mean, my mom yeah. did not teach me that at all. My dad definitely taught me that. Yeah, I I was I've said that in the same in the episode with mom too is I learned flavor Fla- from him. Definitely. I learned very the, much so. Not just as like a thing as a complete and total concept. Yeah. Like what it could do. So yeah, I totally he, feel that. He truly was the one that inspired me to want to go to culinary school when I was 14. That mm-hmm. was like, I was set on that path. That's what I really, really wanted to do. Right. Was to go to culinary school. And it was all because of his influence and really inspired me to want to pursue that. I can't tell you why it didn't ever happen. <laughs> <laughs> But that was definitely a goal of mine when I was young. Sure. Just because he would, you know, he would always include me in in 
making something and it was never it was never simple see like my mother cooked so simple but my dad complex everything was very complex so that i i truly remember to this day him teaching me how to make quiche lorraine and it was with the Swiss cheese and, you know. Spinach. And I mean, yeah, and everything. The yes. The pastry was made by hand and from scratch. You and, to blind bake it. Oh, my God. Yeah. And bake it again. Yes. Yeah, it was a, it yeah. was an entire day project. And I remember that. And I'll, ne- I mean, I'll never forget it. Right. That's funny that you say that you had kind of the dream of, like, going to culinary yeah you did too too. right you did too i remember though realizing that the minute i turned things i liked into something that intense yeah i would lose interest in it and i would lose the like the essence of it i'm such a Mm self-discoverer more than a um like i'll sit down and you teach me type of person and Mm so cooking for me is really about self and people and people, i suppose like for when, sure when i when i kind of really seriously thought about culinary schools like you know th- they teach it to be for the art yeah of and it. for mm-hmm. the for the showman like the showmanship right. and the technical proficiency mm-hmm. i do it because i want to entertain people mm-hmm. and i just want to make good food yes and absolutely. so I, I feel like that really that sucked me out of that yeah. idea but for a while i totally entertained it and yeah. working in restaurants as an yes. adult was an extension it. of right. it for absolutely. me because you know yeah, you're you, in it you get to play host for someone yeah. and yeah that's totally what i like to do yeah and but I, yeah, I totally get that kind of like at the time, it seems like the logical course yeah. for someone who is good at cooking. Well, I I still hold on to a dream of wanting to have like a little cafe that's only breakfast and lunch mm-hmm. in some small town or some. I don't know sure. why. I mean, I just yeah. always have this image of of having something like that. And I think I would be very very happy mm-hmm. doing that you know it's it's always been a dream of mine i think it's so funny because whenever i would eat at your house growing up you would always like if you made something you'd be like does this go on the menu like you would uh, oh, still yeah still. still and i do that now too mm-hmm. I, but for me it says does this go in the cookbook because sure. i have my like biblical yeah. you know cookbook of everything and that's i kind of like got that from you i just yeah. survey the room it's like does this just belong does this, yeah does this work <laughs> and, yeah. and usually if you know luckily it's usually a yes but yeah. sometimes it's like no, no. Uh, not this one no. sorry yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. um and that that actually answered the question in there which was what impact does that person have on you now and that's mm-hmm. you know obvious we in our family you know you and i especially i think are the entertainers yeah because yeah uh, you know everything is usually at our places <laughs> yes <laughs> like, it, yeah. where i'm at all my friends come to my place if we're throwing a big food party yeah and, you know christmas dinner yeah in place. absolutely and, um i think that you know and you and i too especially on the holidays have always yes. bonded and done food yes stuff. always it's yes gifts. it's yeah. been fun i think that's the best way to carry on my dad's tradition too mm-hmm. is having 
big family dinners like that yeah, you yeah. know and i mean that's he loved that and that's how i totally as i totally feel the same way because yeah. that's how Maisie was too it was that yeah. was the one food thing they like intrinsically had in common was yeah. it was all about love it was yes. all about family at yes. that point and yeah yeah with papa browning i totally you know sometimes you know it's like i pray to him if i have to make thanksgiving yeah i'll be like all right you gotta get you me help me, <laughs> help Come me. On. i pray to whitney when i have to sing and i pray yeah. to him if i have to cook yeah <laughs> but it's definitely but i i mean i know it's like one of those things where it, i'm i'm very grateful that i inherited yes that food gene or yeah, something or yeah just whatever it is in the brain that it just is that trips that, that yeah, yeah it's it it's something definitely it's something when i do it i get it it's like i get it you yeah. know i don't it's not like my daily job of figuring out fiscal stuff at yeah. all i don't get that but sure. when i <laughs> but when i cook i get it yeah it just makes sense yeah cooking to me is such a wind down experience yeah, because yeah. like i with this show, I've been writing recipes mm -hmm. to, to publish with each episode. And oh, like, right. Yeah. The one thing I think about a lot, don't worry, I have a bank of recipes of yours. Okay, I'm, good. I'm, I'm like, consult I don't know you on. Okay. But I think your lent loaf is in there, actually. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but, yeah. but I mean, I, you know, cooking to me has been such a, a therapy for myself. Yes, because, definitely. You know, it's, it's, well, one, people can't take it away from you. People right. can't. Say that you know you did a bad job if you right. obviously didn't, right? Or if you you know even if you did do not the good job, mm -hmm. you tried. But I don't know. I think also it was one of those things where I can just let it sort of wash over me. Mm -hmm. I can get lost in it. In it, and, yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, I feel yeah. like you and I have always had that capability. Yeah. It's not. It's not pedantic to yeah. us. And it's very creative. It's a creative outlet, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, it's very creative because you get to put together something that you're mm -hmm. putting together in your mind. And, you know, I'd love to see it come together. For sure. And then it and then when it tastes good, it's even better. I think there's such a I always tell people for me, it's becoming an adult was such a realization of that I could eat really whatever I wanted. wanted. Yeah, me too. And it, yes. that was adulthood for me. It's like, yes. I can eat whatever yes. I want. And yeah. I tell Dylan yeah. all the time, it's like, it's a blessing and a curse yeah. being a very Absolutely. good cook because I can yeah. do one thing and make really healthy food or yeah. I can make comfort. all the brownies and yes. mac and cheese comfort I food. want. Yep. Like, it's, yeah. and you know, I, I love that. I, agree. I think it's so funny that food, you know, I don't view food in like a good or bad food is equal to me, but I just, I think it's kind of the ultimate irony. It's like, yeah. I can fall victim to my own skills. <laughs> if I'm like having a bad day, it's like, yeah. all right, let's just, Let, let's just make something just good. Make good. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, it, it's a struggle. It's always been a struggle in mm -hmm. my life. Me too. Always. Yeah. Because I love it so much that I don't. It, when I am on these diet things that I go on and when the coach asks me, you know, so do you eat emotionally? And I'm like, no, that's the problem. I don't. Mm -hmm. I enjoy, I, I just enjoy eating food. See, just enjoy it. I had kind of the reverse of that where in high school I was bulimic because mm -hmm. I was afraid of gaining weight. Yeah. And you know, when I went, 
to therapy for the first time, it worked so well. Mm -hmm. I got overeating disorder (laughs) because it was I I embraced that idea that I could eat food too much. And then it took years and years of figuring that out to really understand that, you know, it's not food is not the enemy. No, it's 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 my own Mm -hmm. lack of control. Right. So like for me Mm -hmm. nowadays, I try to be very picky about how much I eat because I used to. You know, but at the same time, I totally get that. It's like you don't you don't relate it emotionally right no. away. It's like it's no. just it's comforting. And it it's, is. Again, cooking is the therapy, but yeah. then the end product is, is the food. Yeah. So it's kind it's of like, well, very... we may as well go there. Yeah. <laughs> but I always loved though, that you and I have that. that- connection uh-huh, and, always and it's funny because i feel like i didn't we didn't really discover we had that in common until later, later. Mm-hmm. and you and i were always yeah. so close anyway yeah and it was yeah. just kind of like this weird like oh it wow they're hap- both yeah. good at cooking yeah yeah okay Dude. so given all of the food things you've experienced <laughs> in your life does do you find that like it heavily influences just what you cook any every day or do you like to kind of keep it experimental on the everyday food that you eat sometimes i mean i think even experimenting you know with foods that i make now only stems from what I have always known how it should be, I mm-hmm. guess. So, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, but I'm not afraid. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to try and make different things. It right. doesn't. I don't have that fear like some people really, really fear cooking, and yeah. and it blows my mind because I enjoy it so much that it's like I am. I'm not afraid. Yeah, to I try. think the way that I always viewed it is that it's such a necessary thing in life. Right. The concept of messing it up is almost like detrimental to the body, the brain, the everything. Huh. And I wonder if that's where it comes from or also, you know, for me, I, I was never afraid of making something bad. Mm-hmm. I was more afraid of, well, what am I going to feed them if it is bad? Yeah. It's like, it was always the right. like, after. what's my plan B? Yeah. It's like, it's just have a plan B and you're fine. Yeah. And, but yeah, I, I totally, I get that. And I try to, I really try to give people the benefit of the doubt if mm-hmm. they have that fear. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, there have been a lot of things like Pinterest, I think is. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. You know, like the food, uh, like um, like the food delivery services. Yeah. It's like you cook the meal and it's pre done for you. Right. You, like, right. you, you literally monthly, learn yeah. how to cook it. Yes. Yes. And that agree. can hopefully if someone is intuitive help. enough, mm-hmm. they're willing to learn, they'll. Right, pick up on that exactly, and so I I I get what you're saying, and I've always you know I know a lot of people. There's like, oh, I can't cook, and it's like, well, someone either told you that, or you're just assuming, yeah, because anyone can cook, yeah, anyone can. I agree. I feel like there is a level of fail safeness to food, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people just don't see that. Yeah, I think you're right. You're very much, yeah. I don't know. To me, that's the beauty of a recipe. It's like yeah. they're there for that, for that reason. reason. You know? Yeah. But the thing with recipes with me, I use them so much more as just like a guideline. A guideline. I'm the I same. Don't, I don't ever really, if it's not a dessert, right. let's just say anything savory, I just use it as a total guideline. Well, I feel like you and I too have that ability to read a recipe yeah, and know no, if it's gonna work or right. not and be yeah. like not nah. using it yeah that's like a gift for yeah. sure 
All right, so we are to my last question, which Ooh. is my clickbait question, which I know you don't have a full five of, which is fine. But what are your top five food loves and the top five food hates? Okay, well, um, okay, so we we talked about. I mean, probably one of my top five likes is avocados for oh, sure, right. because and they're so versatile too. Oh you my know god! What I mean, it's like they're not. It's not just a just cut not, and eat well, but you can like do so many things with there's avocados. also like we've gotten past it's not just guacamole yes like, you know finally, <laughs> if right? so I, yeah it's like yeah. wow they are versatile yeah yeah my i mean even just cutting one in half and pouring balsamic vinegar in so the middle good. oh my god i do um so good. i'll do like sherry vinegar because i really like okay. that bittery taste to mm -hmm. it but i also like I just like taking an avocado and putting it on toast. Like yeah, literally smearing just it. Yeah, just smearing avocado, it on toast. Avocado, lemon juice, and toast. Yes. With some dill. So good. Perfect. Oh, my God. Yeah, avocados. Um, veggies. I have grown such a love for different kinds of veggies, so I've really been experimenting a lot with veggies, mm -hmm. and it's part of my diet anyways sure. but, but i'm not bored i'm right. just not bored yeah i mean that's something i think we as adults come to understand yeah. a lot of the time is that yeah. veg what vegetables really are and right what they do and i mean i still there's some ones i really don't like but as i get older i find that i if i just try them as an adult mm -hmm. i like it yeah brussels sprouts was mine yes. i love brussels sprouts love it yes and i as a kid i, I would have never, never no yeah. never yes brussels sprouts so yummy um any comfort food mm. any comfort food i don't care the you know, mashed potatoes, gravy on everything. Thanksgiving ultimate. Yes. Comfort food. Ultimate. Oh, yeah. And Thanksgiving to me, it's mom and I describe it as like the kickoff of the oh, holidays. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like the yeah. grand kickoff. But it but is. It's. God, it's, it's so, so good. This year, this year so is going to be my first year not really doing a big oh, Thanksgiving. It's yeah, super I'm weird. Sure, yeah, like Dylan and I are going to do a mini one. Yeah. but I was. I'm going to make. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a couple turkeys and divvy yeah. out turkey to my friends. Oh, nice. And it's like you do your own sides, but yeah. at least you get my turkey this year. <laughs> but you know, th even if it was just myself, yeah, I would still make all the sides. I don't oh, care. Yeah. I can't not decide the between stars. the sides yeah, they're of, the stars i think i'll just do this and that no yeah it's, must be all it's totally must be. yeah there's that is the thing about thanksgiving i really think the sides carry the holiday oh turkey for turkey. sure turkey is turkey, turkey is turkey yeah like, but oh my god give me give me any of that um soups as oh, i yeah for sure become an adult really appreciate different soups different all Me kinds too. you know what's funny all i kinds. always wanted soup growing up but it was yeah. never really like a thing we made in the house right. dad had his ham and lentil soup uh, mom right. had her bear creek packet soup okay and i always wanted to make soup but i never you know i always wanted to do it the real way which right. was make my own stock do all yeah. this stuff and yeah you know, as in living in a 
in our house growing up, that was pretty impractical. Yeah. But as an adult, I do that. Yeah. I make my own so chicken good. stock. I do. Yes. I save chicken bones right. from like rotisserie yes. chickens from the store. Yes. Like, Dylan's mm-hmm. like, why are all these chicken carcasses in the freezer? I'm like, to make stock for delicious soup, soups. man. Do you have soups. like a favorite soup that you make? Um, yes. My favorite soup is my black bean soup. Ooh. It's so good. And this year, I I have already made it. <laughs> um, I uh, boiled down a smoked ham hock Ooh. and used the broth from that and added it to my black bean soup. And, of course, the wonderful delectable meat that comes from a ham hock added that. It was amazing. Wow. It was ridiculous. You make a cheesy potato soup. That's yeah. my favorite of yours. Yes. That's my favorite of yours. Ooh. I haven't had With it in a really long time. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. With the gnocchi. I think that I've had so it like good. one time, but I was like, fuck. Yeah, so good. good. Yeah, I love all kinds. And there's a Mexican uh, chicken, is it pozole? Pozole? Yeah, yeah pozole. pozole. Yeah, that's really good too. I love that. I really like menu though, but that's kind of an acquired taste. I have never tried that. tripe in it, yeah. but you have to get Ooh, past it. Right. It's like pho. You kind of just have to get yeah. past that, but I just don't order the tripe. No. Oh, yeah, which brings me to, you know, the ramen houses oh, my around God. town and wow. So ramen happy about that. Ramen has gotten it, so it far exploded. here. It's it exploded. Amazing. And like I lived in I moved to Chicago right when that started. Yeah. And so I was very privy to that first exposure yeah. and i was like this is Amazing. gonna be huge because everyone yeah. can get enough of it and like i've read about there's a ramen house in japan where they've been making the same broth for over a oh, hundred oh yeah definitely it's just insane i even i can in. remember like when we visited japan i can remember there would actually be um these little uh carts men, men like riding bikes they're just little hot mm-hmm. hot carts full of bowls of ramen <laughs> it's cr- at midnight it's like I the mean, ice it was cream just man like, for ramen yes it was a thing <laughs> it was amazing. crazy and you could hear him coming around ringing his bell and it was a thing <laughs> yeah awesome. i totally remember that and as a kid when i learned how to make ramen my mom always showed us to put an egg in it yeah so growing up that's all i would i couldn't eat ramen any other way still to this, this day I'm i have got to put an egg in it my mom taught me that that was the one food i was allowed to cook at home and not mm-hmm. burn the house down so she taught me that though cracking an egg in the yes ramen and, and sesame oil that i got from you oh I my got god that from you. and so i good. do i put um I put fish sauce in if okay. just to kind of like a little bit cheer it to up, lift a it up. Yeah. yeah, lift up the fish sauce is yeah. so disgusting, but it's but so, so good. Necessary. It's such a great. It's, so, uh, it's like, yeah, it's like I agree. alchemy. What it does, yeah, but it, I it, agree. It smells like butthole. It like, does. I mean, Jeff will see it in the fridge. He's like, "What uh, the hell is fish sauce? It's fermented fish." But it's literally like it, crushed yeah. into a liquid. Really? That's I guess I is. didn't even know yeah. that. <laughs> it's oh. gross. But it's so good. It's like, yeah, it just imparts amazing flavor. Um, So do you have a number five on your likes? Um, yeah. Salads. Ooh. Weird. I have you like know, I love, I love salads. No, I, 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 
after college, I went through like a huge all I mm. ate was salad phase. But I'm not talking just like, you know, your usual green salad, though. Oh, no. I love to. But all the different kinds of salads you can make these days, mm-hmm. like that Mexican corn salad. The elote salad. Oh, my God. Jeez. I make That's the first gone at every party. I make so it at good. every party now because people ask for it. Yeah. Like, I also really like... Um, I've I've come to like red salads like tomato mm, like with tomatoes I'm, and stuff. Oh my gosh. That's like yes. a, a flavor I'm beginning to, to like, like now. Really? I like cherry tomatoes a lot, mm. but I can't do the big honkin' tomatoes. Yes, yet. you oh I see now try an heirloom. See, They're I do so love heirloom tomato. I They're like heirloom so tomatoes with mozzarella and basil like yes. caprese oh, balsamic vinegar it's see just... another salad yeah that's and a, sal- a simple salad never, right there yeah it's like people don't know it is a salad right but it is but it is i also like pasta salad quite yes a bit. any kind of pasta yeah. salad agree your potato salad is like the world uh, famous family <laughs> recipe right. potato salad right which yeah. i don't have your recipe for it actually i have a different one because i'm not Kay. i like potato salad but yeah. i'm very like I'm very picky. picky. Yeah. Uh, but it's okay. I, I mean, I'm sure if I ate it now, I'd like it. As a yeah. kid, though, I, I never liked that yeah. stuff. But yeah. No, I totally get, I totally love that kind of stuff. Do you have like a favorite? Do you like bean salad? Yeah. Like that, like, like that five bean salad. Yeah. Like they it's have very a, tangy. Yeah. It's like coated yeah. in like a dressing. Yeah. I, love I like, I, yeah. I like Man. that a lot too. It's like at a, it's like at the buffet. It's like you get that I at mean, the buffet. I don't, yeah. There are, would be a very, probably like the salad I would never eat. You would never, probably two of them. You would never catch me eating like a shredded carrot salad sure. with raisins. You know what I'm talking and, about? And orange jello. Gross. No, <laughs> never. Or anything like a green pea salad. I like peas. No. I like peas. No, not happening. Do you like beets? Uh, not pickled beets, but if it's a natural beet, just cut up. You had that? Okay. No, I've it's never actually had that. good. I've it's, only ever had pickled beets. No, not the pickled beets, but there's a salad that I'll get from a restaurant and they put homegrown beets that are hmm. just diced up. And I didn't even know that's what it was. Right. It, because it was orange. Oh. It wasn't even red. It was orange. Yeah. Right. And so I'm like, what is this? And I'm so afraid of beets because they die everything they touch <laughs> it's like all your kitchen towels yeah. your apron right. you look like you've committed a murder i just <laughs> like, I, I don't like it though the flavor mm, of nah. uh. so that, I, would, that would be something i hate no for sure let's move on then that's a good segue so your hates uh, that's your fifth hey now you add that to your other four Ugh. so what's what were the ones you had though for your hates liver Oh, can't do liver. no, gross. <laughs> can't. Who made liver for you? I mean, not even just liver, but like any like liver and kidney. Oh, an organ. Oh, any organ meat. <laughs> <laughs> That's disgusting. I'm going to just put um, organ meat. <laughs> my mother, whenever she would feel like she was depleting in iron, she would fry her el- herself oh up at liver and onions, and it stunk up the house. Stunk it up. I remember using liver as Just like can't. fish bait. Yeah. That's can't. Jeff taught me that. Jeff and Uncle John, both my uncles would teach me in using, my lifetime using, using livers as, as bait. bait. Sure. And yeah. I and that to me, so liver is bait. It's yeah. not food. <laughs> God, no. Can't do liver. 
can't do I cannot do raw carrots. Really? Uh, oh, that's so that's so there's I, there's something weird that happens. Like to me, when I eat a raw carrot, it tastes like detergent or soap. Interesting. So like how so, some people would take in like cilantro and think it's soapy tasting. Yeah, that it happens. It must be to like me metaphysical with, with you. Like there's some yeah. I'm that way with rosemary. If there's too much rosemary in something, it, it tastes too, like it, I feel like I'm eating a Christmas tree. Yeah. It becomes too <laughs> fragrant. Like, did someone light a balsam candle? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's and carrots will do that. I can kind of see that. I suppose carrots, you know, I I'm so used to baby carrots, which are yeah. just so sweet. Right. But just a plain ass like Bugs Bunny carrot. Yeah. Yeah. But even those little the because baby I've carrots. tried. Yeah. yeah. I have tried huh. throughout my life to try and like them because I know they're healthy. I can't do it. They're good for your vision. That, that and celery. Celery is the other thing that oh, I cannot eat raw celery. Love celery. I can't do it. There's that that stringiness that love happens. It. Ugh. Wow. You know why I love no. celery so much? It's got a, like, almost like an astringent flavor to it. Like, it's cleansing in a weird way. Mm-hmm. And it's so waterlogged. Yeah. Like, it, it's quenching. Okay. But with peanut butter, you get that bitter mm, quenchness with the butter. sweet. Yeah, mom said when you were living together, she used to be able to hear you tiptoe to the kitchen and get into the glass. Yes. And it had a tent. Yes. And she would be like, get away from the peanut butter. Yes. (laughs) I had to have her hide it from me. (laughs) That's how dad was. (laughs) I love peanut butter. I I lost my taste for it, sadly. Wow. I can't do it. It's too rich. It's like a richness thing for me. It's just so sweet and like creamy. Want to know the weirdest thing I've ever had in my life? What? That I really did like a lot. Hmm. Whale bu- blubber. Interesting. Whale blubber. I feel like, I feel like though, it's not unpopular. Like... It, it was, now to explain the texture, it was like very ribbon-like and um, kind of chewy. Okay. But and it may have been more of like the sauce that my mom would make to put on it too, because mm-hmm. it was like miso based, and it was sweet. Yeah, and it just—I don't know what it was, but I loved it. Huh. Loved whale blubber. I've never had the opportunity to have it, so yeah, that—that yeah. that was probably one of the most obscure things I've had in my life. Whale hmm. blubber for sure. I don't know if I've had anything. Pretty obscure. I think haggis, Brains. Haggis ever... was the most obscure oh. thing I ever had. Yeah. <laughs> even even just the word haggis. The word in itself. Gross. Y- yeah. It just sounds gross. Yeah. Like it, that, tripe sounds it, yeah, unappetizing. Not, right. It's right? like that doesn't sound good. No. How in the world could that be? Ooh, yes. Let's try some haggis. It's like giblets too. It's like yes, again, not, uh, not my alley. My my aunt every Thanksgiving made giblet, giblet gravy. gravy. It's like she wouldn't make anything else but giblet gravy. It was just so gross. And it's gross. I know. And it's I don't really see what it provides. No. Like. Nothing. The flavor <laughs> and the, the texture. Yeah, no. it's all wrong. It is wrong. That just shouldn't be allowed. 
I, I think most people don't do it anymore because it, that, yeah, it's, it's also kind be... of unsanitary at the same time. Like well, if people don't cook it right. And it's like why people don't stuff turkeys straight, anymore. Yeah. Like, finally figured out that that was pretty dangerous. Yeah. And, and there's the, you know, we don't have to leave your turkey in the oven for eight hours. hours yeah. If you don't stuff it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Did you have any other food hates on your list or was that... Was that everything? No, I mean, it's just, I was such a non-picky eater. For sure, Co- yeah, it's awesome. Compared to your mom, I mean, we were night and day. I would yeah. eat anything and everything, and she was the one that was, like, super picky. For sure. Well, now we yeah. know where Miles got it from. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that's why I just, like, I don't have a lot of dislikes Me neither. on my list. Yeah, I'm I always, am I'm very, always, yeah. I'm always willing to try it. Absolutely. And especially anything sweet. Oh, yeah. Big sweet tooth. Me too. It's I've like I've gotten much more of a savory tooth over the years. Yeah. But sweets are always. Sweets are just my kryptonite. Oh, for sure. Well, is there anything you want to plug while you're on our show? We I always give a guest the opportunity, like if you want to like promote your social media or if you have anything you want to (laughs) promote. It's weird asking family and not like my musician friends. Because they always are like, check out my website. You know, Uh, I don't have a website. (laughs) I don't. No, not really. Well, well, but this was very. I enjoyed this time with you. Me this too. Was fun. Yeah, it's. I it's can talk fun. food forever. Oh my god, me too. I just can. It limiting. It. It's so hard to limit some of these episodes, especially when I'm talking to someone I know. Can yeah, talk can food. talk food. Yeah, you bet. But yes. no, I've had a great time, and it's been yeah. fairly enlightening for me too. Just learning, just more yeah. history about our family and stuff. Yeah, like, especially in an area where we, it's just kind of like you know. It's not the it's not the showy things we yeah. talk about our family. It's just the background in a way. But well, and then we were just so fortunate. I feel like we were very fortunate to have had parents that were amazing cooks. Yeah, both of it, and and Janet too. Yeah, she is an amazing cook. Oh, I yeah. mean, there were so many things that she made that I absolutely loved. Yeah, and I, yeah. you know, for me, it's. You know, I'm I'm super grateful that I just had a family that convened around food. Food, yeah. I'd like to thank my Aunt Dina for being on this show. If you'd like to support this show, don't forget to subscribe and please give the show a rating on your favorite podcast directory. If you'd like to get in touch with us, please email us at gfbf at arcadiapodcastnetwork.com. I hope you join me next week for another episode of Good Food for Bad Friends from the Arcadia Podcast Network.